This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. You're listening to the Top Rope Review Show. Hello, it's Mick Foley. You're listening to the Top Rope Review. Bang, bang. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. Let's get back to WrestleMania 3 at the Silver Dome in Pontiac, Michigan. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! What an incredible scene! Awesome. The WWE fans have gone nothing like the WWE, and this is why. And Triple H has got to be seething. Hey guys, welcome to the Top Rope Review. We are recording here at Podcast Detroit Studios in the Royal Oak, Michigan. A short drive from Activate Gaming, the old studio. <laughs> I still love bringing that up. I miss the uh, saying above Activate Gaming. Now it's like down the street from Activate Gaming around the corner. How <laughs> old are your notes? Um, <laughs> 17 years old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we are brought to you live here at Podcast Detroit by the Fallen Down Beer Company. Um. Make sure you go see them, say Will sent you, and they will look at you and then tell them Podcast Detroit sent you. If Josh isn't here, so I can say anything I want. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, if you, the uh, cold weather's coming around, and you might want something nice and warm for your head, I would suggest checking out Scart and Graves for the new beanies they released. Use the offer code TOPROPE10 and get 10% off. Look at that, guys. Product placement in the ad. I'd see Josh do that. <laughs> All right, this is Will. I am joined in the studios as always by my partners in crime, Mike Prakalski and Cameron Murray. And we have a very special guest today whose name I will screw up for sure <laughs> Jordan uh, Scavone. Hey, you did it right. Yeah. Yes. Nailed it. He is the author of a children's book called Mighty. Um, and he's joining us in studios, and we're going to talk about his book, and we're going to talk about wrestling. But before we get into that, uh, what's new with you guys? Nothing, Nothing new <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's like this is new. I'm not excited. This this, this is new. Yeah. <laughs> that weird thing you just did. Yeah. yeah, Josh. Josh isn't here today, so I took over the show. So we let Will do it. They, Never they, didn't again. Have, they didn't have much of a choice. I put them in a headlock and was like, I'm not letting go until you agree for I'm, me to take I'm over the show. I'm still in the headlock. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Josh is doing his thing. Hopefully he'll be back next week. Until yeah, then. hopefully. Until then, it's the three of us holding it down. And that also means uh, Tab is with him because they are always at the hip. So no one's running our Twitter page. So Tim Cole, please tweet at us, but it'll be a delay response. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Jordan, can yes. you uh, kind of give us your elevator pitch on your book? My elevator pitch, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my book is about a four-year-old girl with social anxiety starting preschool, and in order to overcome her fears of going to school, she becomes a superhero. Bam. 
clearly yeah. I say that a lot. That was yeah, a short awesome. elevator God, ride. Really, done. I say that a lot. <laughs> We're going from floor one to floor two. Yep. <laughs> done. Um, express elevator. So what made you want to write this book? Um, I actually just got my master's in children's lit, so really all I do is read children's literature and then watch wrestling, so it works. Um, but I work at a daycare center, so I see a lot of kids come in, and they come in all gung-ho and ready to go, and then all of a sudden they're freaking out and they think they're being abandoned and things like that. So it was really designed to help kids overcome that fear of transition. Nice. Um, so you say you mentioned that you were a wrestling fan. So how many times do we see a powerbomb in your book? Um, unfortunately, none. <laughs> However, there is a, a military pressing and an elephant. So as, oh, wow. as one does, as, as you <laughs> do, right? That's my typical Tuesday. Yes, <laughs> just military pressing elephants every right. Tuesday. You go into the, the Detroit Zoo. Go, I, is, I need. Can I borrow an elephant <laughs> for like, five minutes? Please. Do do my best, Macho Man. It and takes just, a second. Speaking, I got Macho Man socks on today. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, nice, nice. I like him. You're almost going for that impression, but yeah. you cut back real quick. I, I, do it, Mike. Do, do, it. It. I do, it. do it. I'll do it if do you it. do it. I don't, uh, do oh, it. yeah, those are my socks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm the Macho Man, and you're you wearing my deeper. socks. I didn't get deeper. Macho Man, Randy Savage. There we go. You come down here with the socks, and you pick up. Yeah. You pick up that elephant. Pick up the elephant. Put the elephant down. You drop that elbow drop on that elephant's trunk here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Macho socks. So, macho socks. <laughs> Hashtag macho, macho socks. I like it. I like it. That should be your follow up to your book. Macho, macho socks. Make it soon. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Doesn't Mick Foley do those children's books about the wrestlers? Uh, he He's done some children's books. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I know one's about the Miz. He oh, he did do that one with the Miz. Yeah, he pressed a children's book onto a seven inch. It was like a almost like it's an like audio a, book. Yeah, it's like an audio book record, which kind of doesn't make sense. It was interesting because it's like him and his son, uh, Dewey. Dewey? I, th- I think Dewey, and they're just like telling a story on on this record. <laughs> I I met him in Royal Oak and I. Brought it with me, and he's like, "You bought this?" <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we met Cole Cabana that same night, right? Was, yes, we did. And we brought him the seven inch that he's on. Yeah, he, Super Bowl he was shuffle, on a seven inch, and, and he's, he's like, like, "You bought this?" Yeah. And we were like, like, "Why are you I'm buying sorry. these things?" <laughs> he's like, "I don't have that." Yeah. I'm on that, and yeah. I'm not, I don't have that. So Josh is backseat producing us right now. He says that. Your Macho Man is bad, and then he also says that there is no elephants at the Detroit Zoo. Oh, that's right. Oh, they have to have elephants they at don't. the zoo. No, they don't. They sent them to California Just because when? was two, oh, years ago. Yeah, there's rhinoceri in the uh, elephant department now. Yeah. Well, then, Mike, Mike's, you're getting fact-checked all over the place. Right. I'm go down, sitting this one out. Go down to the Toledo Zoo. And I know for a fact they have a baby elephant, so that would be a little bit easier to military press. I sworn I saw an elephant at the zoo the last time I was yeah, at I the zoo. You either don't Who know what an elephant is or, <laughs> <laughs> or you're just, I don't know. I don't know what you saw. I feel like, I feel like a baby elephant, yet it's what you give the F5 to. <laughs> no, those are great white sharks. <laughs> right. That SummerSlam promo? Yes. 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 Brock Lesnar F5 is a uh. shark. 
But speaking of wrestlers and children's books, uh, you once, Jordan, gave your children's book to a pretty well-known wrestler. I did. I did. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Daniel Bryan. Um, I don't know who he is. Yes. He's got. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he was at what, the Autorama. Is that what that event's called? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so every year, every year they get a wrestler, and it varies from, like, someone legitimate like Chris Jericho, who told me I had great hair. And, and coming from Jericho, you know that's good. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Have I you was, seen young Jericho's hair? Oh, fantastic. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> that's but no, a compliment. So last year, Daniel Bryan was there, and my book had only released, like, maybe two months or so, um, and I gifted him a copy for his future children, which are now actually on the way, so... I like to believe that I gave Daniel Bryan's child its first present. You also gave Daniel Bryan the confidence to um, <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> yes. If it wasn't for me, Daniel Bryan would not have children. <laughs> that That's a fact. That's a fact. And he owes everything <laughs> in this child's life to you, I think. That's yeah, a proven it's, fact. Yeah. That's true. I would get royalties of some sort, some sort of royalties. Royalties off the I child. I think, yeah, I think I he royalties off a child. Oh, I'm sure there's paperwork you can fill out. Yes, <laughs> I'd like to them. get the money from this child, please. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just existing. Yeah, and he, okay. so one percent of everything that the child makes goes to Mike. Yeah, yeah. I think Gary Coleman's parents got royalties off of him, right? Probably. Oh, I'm sure. You can get royalties off kids. I think. I that's, think that's that's cool. why that is why parents force their kids to become actors. Yeah, yeah. And they're getting paid somehow, right? <laughs> well, until they're sure. eighteen, I'm pretty sure the parents have control of the money. I think that's true. Yeah. I'll say emancipate. They're not going to emancipate at four. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> I like to emancipate myself from my parents. <laughs> They've taken all my hard-earned money. I'd be pretty mad if my parents were taking all my hard-earned money. When I'm over here being Gerber baby, <laughs> and, and I got my parents dipping in my my college fund. What are you gonna stuff. buy? With, what are you gonna buy with your money? Uh, more Can't. Gerber. <laughs> I don't know. The worst child ever. <laughs> Maybe not Gerber. Most boring child ever. <laughs> Give me beach balls. I'm just imagining that uh, Mike was actually the Gerber baby, and he's just now telling us. Can yeah. Can we Photoshop that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyone listening, Gerber please with Photoshop with Mike as now. a Gerber baby. Yes. <laughs> Gerber Mike. Go go to our Facebook page, Stop Rope Review, uh, pull a picture of Mike off there, and Photoshop him, please. Easy. Please. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I will pay to get you into the next XICW show if you do that. Oh, will you? Is that, is that official? That's you dropping that? Is that? That's, that's official. That's an official contract. That's a con- I think that's, pay- that's contract and legally binding, and I just notarized. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I'll be the witness. And it's only yeah. to the first person now, so there's Ooh, 10 of you. Sorry, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what happened uh, last Sunday? We had a little pay-per-view. Did we? <clears throat> well, no. we're not done talking to our guests oh, yet, okay. guys. Oh, <laughs> Sure. Sorry. I was trying to get the show moving. Um, so just real quick, you've been doing some book signings, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been pretty busy. Um I've been doing, I think I've done eight Barnes & Noble signings, and I've been in a couple different comic book conventions and things like that. How's, how's, how's those going for you? Good, good, good. I had one yesterday, actually, in uh, Northville at the Six Mile and Haggerty, and I sold out, so that was nice. Nice. So how does one go about getting a Barnes & Noble deal for signings? Mine are all individual, Okay. so I contact their community relations and event managers directly, 
and we set up times that work for both of us. And usually um, they handle ordering any of the books, and then I come in and I hard sell and get them out the door. So are you obviously promoting people to come out, and are, are they, like, helping with that? Like Barnes & Noble themselves helping? Yeah. Yeah. Usually Barnes & Noble will create an event page because all Barnes & Nobles are now required to have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. And usually they're um, they're pretty active, and their Facebook pages will have events set up, but I do event pages as well. Um, but I think this one posted four or five times within two weeks that I was coming, so awesome. it was nice. And they put up those event posters that yeah, you'll yeah, see yeah. sometimes, and then I get to take them home. Oh, really? Yeah, so I have. So you just, like, frame everyone? <laughs> I haven't yet. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I don't know if my wife will be happy with that, just the hallway of event posters. She kind of has to be, right? Like, <laughs> just, just start taking down the pictures of the kids and the yeah. dogs and put up your own flyers. Are, this is more important, you guys. <laughs> I made this for you. Yes. Let's do a collage. Yeah. Just put them all around your room. She'll, she'll love it. Sprinkle them everywhere. Yeah. No, they don't all have to be in a line. Just... Spread them out, like maybe one in the kitchen, outside, the one house. in the living room. Take the TV down. Right in the bathroom put shower. It, put one of them up where the TV used to be. But then how am I going to watch wrestling? You you hide the TV. Oh, okay. It's, you know where it is. Yeah. You took it down. <laughs> you can always watch wrestling on like an iPad or something. That's yeah, true. you got the network, right? That's true. Not right now. What? My, my credit card got, or my debit card got... Got stolen. Ooh. Well, oh, no. the number Ooh. did, not the card. That's I have rough. the card, and I had to cancel it. And I canceled it two days before my network payment came out. Oh no! So I actually couldn't watch NXT live this week. I was super Ooh. angry. Struggles real. I one time didn't realize I had to renew my subscription, and I was like, oh, "Where'd the network go?" Is that where it first came out, or was that around WrestleMania? I think it was something like that. I don't remember. I, I just remember something was happening, panic. and I was like, "Where is the <laughs> network?" Ah, and I was freaking out, and then I realized, oh, I never renewed my subscription. Dun dun dun. Now I'm not going to do that. No. I think I, I don't <laughs> please know. don't do that because we use yours. <laughs> is that what we use? I thought we used yours. It doesn't I, matter. I, it doesn't, it's it all doesn't same matter. Thing. Cameron's like, I haven't had a network in five years. Yeah, Mike. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll for as long as I can. Oh, that's what we're using. <laughs> I don't think anyone's had the network for five years. No. no. <laughs> uh, we did touch on it a little, a small bit last week about the potential TNA and ROH being on the network. I don't know yeah, if you heard re- anything I was about this. About that, yeah. How do you feel about WWE bringing in other products? <laughs> Promotions. To, yeah, other products or promotions to their own network. Uh, I'd actually really like it. Like, if you had to pay, like, a couple bucks more to I, get... I would. I would. And for the sole reason that I don't really watch that much other promotion, unless, you know, it's something like the final deletion that was just blowing up or something like that. And to have that all backlogged and, like, to go back delete, and watch... Delete! Delete! Yeah. <laughs> Obsolete! Uh, and then get to see people, you know, during their ROH days who are now on the main roster and things like that. Yeah. I think would be really fun. I mean, I... I don't. I don't think I got a survey, but I'm. I'm hoping to get the survey because I'm really curious to fill it out and see what else is actually on it. Because, I don't know. I I like the network. I use it a lot. I'm ready to get more bang for my buck. Yeah, I like the original shows. I like Table for Three. I so think it's wonderful. I really liked Legends House. Everyone you were makes way fun too into Legends House. <laughs> Everyone's making fun of it. me for liking Legends <laughs> House, but I've really enjoyed it's it. It's okay to like it, but you like it too much. Like. 
It's what you recommend. It's like go to just Legends House. It's Legends a great House. Legends House. show. <laughs> the, Watch Legends House and tell I me tried it's bad. and it was unbearable. Let's say the most the most recent <laughs> table for three was uh, Kane, Big Show, and Mark Henry. I watched a little bit of that one. It was really good. Fun. It's good. There's there's some I, great guys. The show I was really hoping to get into, and I was kind of disappointed I couldn't get into. Was Camp WB? Yeah, big I, I love because the like first episode was good. I love Seth Green. Uh, so like so anything he's in, I'm a part of. I watch, mm-hmm. but I just I couldn't do it. I tried too hard. I think honestly, yeah, yeah. And, and, and funny and, 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 and the just some of the the way they were doing the characters made no sense. It was like either like spend more time and figure out the ages of these guys. It just have them all the same age. Yeah, it was really confusing because Ric Flair was Ric Flair and Undertaker was a kid. And I was like... Yeah, and Triple H. I, I get Triple H and 70 be like teenagers. But then you had like Mark Henry, you look too young. Yeah. He's had like... Mark Slider. Henry had a food baby. He did. <laughs> he, did. he literally shit his pants. <laughs> Vince McMahon was great in that well, show, though. Yeah, he was. just as like when he had the glove baby. Well, he, I mean, he didn't have it. He he made it. Yeah. <laughs> he made the hand. Yeah. Oh, they need to bring back sexual chocolate. He needs to end his run to be as sexual chocolate. He should have ended his run after that promo where he whooped John Cena, and he should have won the championship and called it a day there. It's literally yeah. one of the best promos they've ever done in the history of wrestling. Yeah, but we know they don't end things correctly. Well, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, no mercy. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. let's uh, we're reading No Mercy. Let's first and foremost discuss the start. So, yeah, hey, the, guys, yeah. we're going up against the presidential debate and a Packers game. Oh, man. Like, like, do you think people are going to tune in for this? I don't know. Let's put the main event first. <laughs> I actually kind of like you get people in there before all that other drunk pretty much starts. Yeah. So, I, good way to get people to watch it was not early. A, an awful decision because it got it definitely got them a lot of buzz it was everywhere yeah i think the biggest flop of the night was not making the intercontinental the main event yeah well so i had a coworker ask me yesterday what was the main event of no mercy he's like because i finished the randy orton way uh bray wyatt match and i went to bed i was like what what? And then I've realized that, that was, was the main, the main event. event. <laughs> yeah, like this, the, the I was big like, moment, you saw it. <laughs> the big moment that ended the show was Luke Harper coming back. Yeah. yeah. Which was sweet because he's Luke Harper. But but it wasn't as memorable as, say, uh, Eddie, the Intercontinental match, which should have headlined because I honestly didn't believe Dolph was going to win that match. Well, I, it, I don't it, think he should have. And I, I think him headlining that that being the main event would have even made more people think this might be his last match. Like, mm-hmm. it's a title risk career match. It's the last match of the night. There's a good chance that, he, that he's not winning. Like, I thought he was going to lose because it wasn't the last match of the night. I thought, oh, if it's second to last on the card, I thought he was going to lose, honestly. Uh, I thought he was going to win unless he was, he was the last match. I, I think he should have lost. So, do tell. I, I just... I feel like Dolph Ziggler's he's he's at a plateau point at this point where he's still highly entertaining, but he's not getting better character moveset wise, and I think time away would have done wonders for him. Plus it would have cemented the Miz as a fantastic heel that he is and really carried more weight for the Intercontinental Championship. Because then not only Miz could, you know, continue his never ending run, but he could also throw in that he retired Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. 
That made sense. So I mean, I mean, there was a lot of potential to really elevate the Intercontinental Championship and the Miz as a heel that they didn't capitalize. I still on. think he's a great heel. I think Miz. I think he's really good. Oh, I think the Miz is one of the most underrated guys in the company right the, now. The Miz is on my list of top ten wrestler of my favorite wrestlers. All right, what is your list? I'm, I'm curious. You brought oh, it up earlier. I will. Okay, I'll go in reverse, All starting right. with my honorable mentions. So my honorable mentions are Balor and Nakamura. And the reason they're not actually on the list is because I don't watch other promotions. I haven't watched them enough to get them there. I think Finn would have been if he wasn't injured right now. Um, okay. Yeah. So 10, Orton. Hmm. And this, right. this list is purely on who makes me happy and who I have really fond memories yeah. about and things like who that. Who you've followed throughout. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, the second Orton debuted, I just found him absolutely just, he's always been great. Um, Charlotte, because okay. she's Charlotte and she's wonderful. Uh, Owens, which well, was a late addition to the list at number eight. And he's someone that I've liked since they debuted, and then I did actually go back and watch a lot of his indie stuff. Um, and he just, he just keeps getting better. And his new stuff with Jericho is just the best. And best Jericho will, yeah, best Jericho will make an appearance on this list event, uh, soon. Um, the, For sure. The Miz, the Miz at number seven. Um, I loved The Miz's title run as WWE champion. I thought it was wonderful. Um, Daniel Bryan, who, you know, he's just... There's not much you can say about Daniel Bryan that's never been said. Okay. And he's yeah, like even, even including his sex life. Yeah, apparently uh. including his, <laughs> yeah. his wham-bam... Not wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, sex life. Okay. Turns out he's a slow and take-your-time lover. <laughs> Which, like, like I mentioned, you watch him wrestle, that should not be surprising. Whereas I feel like Braun Strowman busts in, does his business, and leaves. Braun Strowman is a wham bam, thank you, ma'am kind of guy. Take that to the bank. <laughs> Braun Strowman, who delivered a wonderful running dropkick this week on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. I mean, as wonderful as a, what, seven foot, eight thousand pound dude's man could do. Monster. So. I watch uh, Raw on Hulu. Every one of his matches have been cut. Oh, I'm sure. I have not <laughs> seen a single one of his matches. I've not. I, you haven't seen James Elworth? Yeah, I have not. Oh, no? You gotta just go on go on the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is so oh, much better good. if you want to catch up. You know out. he's getting a title match, right? Yeah. This, this Tuesday, oh, he's going to be against AJ for the, title. I, for the title. Real quick, while we're talking about that, I gotta applaud AJ Styles for being absolutely brilliant. And having the wherewithal to look down delivering that Styles Clash so that he didn't knock James Snap Ellsworth's his head off. Yeah. Because James Ellsworth tucked his head so hard on that Styles Clash. He would have died. Oh, he, he would have snapped died. His neck right and if you watch it, Styles leans forward to do it and he like twists. Like shifts him? Oh, yeah. And it ends up, so it ends up, because usually the Styles Clash and I'm using my hands. So Which they, is very good for an yeah, audio. Right. Yes. So I'm going to so my, hand, my hands are <laughs> my hands are vertical, and when it does the does house clash, it's like a tree falling in the woods. It's kind yeah. of slow. When he did it, he like jumped and rotated. Otherwise, yeah. I and James Ellsworth is just like I shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to die. Um, I've never seen a Styles Clash neck break live. So let's well, hope to. we yeah. don't. <laughs> That's uh, a fast way to get the band the move on the band list. <laughs> I, uh, speaking of band list, did you watch the CWC? Yes. Yes. Uh, and Brian Kendrick busting out a burning hammer. Yeah, it was scary. Literally, I kind of like legit like 
I think held you, my breath. I think you were just like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to watch it because I knew it was going to happen, and then it it happened, and I it was like I was my I was watching it, and I was watching it with my roommate, and we were talking about banned moves, and we I brought up the burning <laughs> hammer, and we paused the match. So I could show him a burning hammer, and he's like, "This move should never be done." And literally unpause, watch, yeah. and Kendrick picks him up, and I'm like, "Is he? It, uh, no, uh, oh god!" And he did it, and what he did to Kota, Kota Bushi, yep. yeah, and then Abushi kicked out, and it was awesome. Yeah, CWC had a lot of great matches. My still one of my favorites was uh, Jack Gallagher versus was it Abushi? Abushi, yeah, where he just. Tied him. No, it was Tazawa. Yeah, Tazawa. 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 They just tied him in a pretzel, in a pretzel and just great. left him and there. You just hear Tazawa going, God, da, 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 get me out of here. And uh, I was just like, this is great. <laughs> Jack, Jack no, Elher is my wrestling spirit animal. Yeah, I like, love him. I hope we're he We're the same skin tone. We're the same hair color. He's just British. More into it. What? I hope he gets more into the WWE. Somehow. Well, who? Gallagher. Uh, it yeah, sounds so like eventually. it's it, it's going to be a yearly event. Too, I hope so. It is. I think it. Yeah, not- it sounds. I I think it was mentioned on one of those uh, surveys. Was C- like you oh, get you the, the CWC. CWC so I think it's going to okay, keep. Well, with the with the Dusty Rhodes Classic happening again too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it well, I thought choose. they were going to bring back tough enough and well we see how that I'm fine with that. Uh, they don't need that anymore. I I really want more episodes of Breaking Ground. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking Ground was. That, uh, that almost made tough enough those tough enough people look good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's hard well, to do. Half of them aren't even with the company anymore. Well, yeah, out of the two, out of the two that were, yeah, well, no, and they hired four. Oh, they that's right. More than yeah. Four. Well, yeah, they hired more than four, well, but like four notable ones. Patrick Clark has already yep. debuted with uh, several different gimmicks, and they had uh, the huge Egyptian, the Australian girl, right? Yeah, um, and then um, Aunt, Aunt Amanda, who's now Mandy. And yep. the huge Egyptian guys at the performance center, and with like the mohawk or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Who I oh thought, yeah, that I thought he was going like all the way. I thought he was really good, and I like. I think Patrick Clark has a good look. He's just so like, he does not have the charisma that he needs. No, yeah, exactly. No, well, I. But he's still like nineteen that. or something, stupidly young. I watched. Yeah. I watched his match on NXT. It was a good match. And he's he, got talent. It's he there. Was, was he against? He was against Swan. Uh, yes. It was a really good match. It's he's got talent. It's just he needs to refine some things, yeah. which is normal coming from someone that just was on tough enough. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, you just look at tough enough though. Like winning tough enough doesn't mean anything. The most no. popular contestant person of tough enough of all time was the Miz. And he took what third, fourth? Uh, yeah, and I, you could also argue Ryback. Well, John Ryback Morrison was, was Morrison was on tough enough. Tough enough. Technically, I, I, the Boogeyman was on tough enough. Was he really? I didn't yeah, know that. He was in the same season that Ryback was on, but he didn't make the cut because he lied about how old he was. And a friend, uh, Matt Cross, as well. Yeah, he was. What season like four or something? Something like that. Yeah, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Matt Cross. He's wrestling Cody Rhodes, I believe, tonight. Yeah, let's go. All right. I was down. I was down like to go. Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, is that the one that we were supposed? Yeah, to? Yeah, I was down to go. I said, "Let's go," and I'd then go to you guys didn't go to see for it. Cody Rhodes. Yeah, you should make an appearance next ICW. Get that on the let's get hope. that on the let's line. Just try to get we, it going. We've been trying, man. <laughs> I'll love you on the show. That'd be great. I mean, I'm wearing my Cody Rhodes shirt right the, now. The amount of things I could talk to Cody Rhodes about is just he, I think it would never end. I think I could be best friends with Cody Rhodes. That's the thing, like, like, like Cody Rhodes and Xavier Woods are like two of my favorite guys, and it's because like I feel like if I met them, I would just want to hang out with them all day. Yeah, just like just hang out, talk video games, talk stuff. even even not talk wrestling. I feel like yeah. there'd be more than enough to talk with either of those guys about. Mike, right, so we, looks like you have something to say. 
spinning it. About what? Cody Album. Rhodes and Xavier Woods? Yeah, you said this weird look in your face. I was yawning. Oh. We're, we're that boring, huh? <laughs> <laughs> nope, just tired. Okay, so there's something I do want to talk about if we were done with this concept. This All right. whole thing. Goldberg. Okay, you're doing it? I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this for a while. You ha- you've been talking about this for two weeks that you've been wanting to do this. It makes no sense, and I can't stand Goldberg. I wasn't I wasn't around during WCW to watch his like you Infinity and O. He was too young. Did I say you didn't yeah. exist? No, no, I didn't. Yeah. I existed. I just he wasn't. Existence. I wasn't young enough to watch it. You weren't old I, enough to realize <laughs> but the Goldberg hype. He was still in diapers around here in the bottle. I don't. If anyone wants to explain the hype, I don't understand it, and I think it goes against everything they're trying to do right now because they're trying to do new era, new era, new era. And so, like, let's bring back Goldberg. Everyone will we love got that. An idea. <laughs> we- and wasted opportunity. They, if they wanted to bring him back, bring him back when everyone was chanting for, literally chanting his name against Ryback. It That's made, a match that people would want to see. No one wants to see. No one wants to see Brock versus Goldberg. They did it once. Two. <laughs> two. Two. Why did I, they do it again? I don't remember any of Goldberg's run in WWE. I don't remember. I remember any of some his of his ever. run in WCW. I completely have blanked out on the WWE one because he wasn't that good in it. It was pretty short-lived, too. It was short-lived, and it just wasn't good. Because they're going to do a thing of trying to force it down everyone's throat of this being like a huge main event deal. I don't think it's going to have that feel at all. Everyone's. I think once Everyone's it runs through it. The, the couple weeks of all the promo stuff, well, Paul Heyman calling him out, being on Raw, I think it's going to be dead in the water. Same thing with the Randy Orton. Uh, when the like, Randy Orton, the Randy Orton hype, the Randy Orton. when it was like Brock versus Randy Orton again, that match, <laughs> yeah, well, that match that was on like a that, house show. That Orton, oh, match should be yeah. Amazing. yeah, okay, yeah. sorry. Well, it, it, uh, it makes more sense too because Lesnar and Orton trained together. They have established. Yeah, history, it made more sense. Like and now Orton's they're just a like, legend killer. It yeah. makes sense. Big guy, big guy. Let's see him fight. Yeah, yeah hey, I'm just did it once. I'm just glad good. that Brock Lesnar has all those tattoos. So they can know who's who in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Brock Lesnar even grow a goatee the last time they met too, and they looked more the same? Probably. Well, Bro- Brock Lesnar would be the one that looks like a lobster. So, <laughs> well, the problem with the, the, the first though. match, the the build up for it was was beyond forced because the concept was that Brock Lesnar interfered in the Royal Rumble, F five Goldberg and Kurt Angle threw him out, and there was literal no reason for Brock Lesnar to do that other than for we want them to fight. Yeah. And then everyone knew that they were both leaving the company, so the, the fans didn't care at the time of the original match. And they threw Stone Cold in to try and make it care, and then they just put Stone Cold over instead. As you do. Well, as yeah, you that's do. Normal. That's normal. As you, you do. Go over. <laughs> Why it's, not? <laughs> it would be like, I don't know, hyping a rematch between Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez. Like oh, what is that's a match? What is Undertaker's <laughs> worst WrestleMania match? <laughs> and put it back up. Book it. Or like just, Undertaker versus, you know, Nathan Jones again, like it's it's a match that no one wanted to begin with, and no one wants now. I, I mean, uh, to me, this the only good thing that could possibly happen is, which I don't. We talked about this briefly. I think you guys disagree with me on this, but Goldberg comes in, beats Lesnar, because uh, I don't think I I think I think in, in out of the two of them, Lesnar's gonna be wrestling more matches still. I think Goldberg might do a couple more matches. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I think this is a one and done. I wouldn't be surprised if they did two or three and done. Do Lesnar Goldberg feud? 
because I, I just, don't, he I don't wants see, his I kid to see him wrestle. But I, I just feel one like, match. I feel like it, they're going to do this. He can knock Lesnar down a peg, and so then Lesnar's not in this. We can't book him to lose thing. I love that because then it has to be either a dirty win or something to get over Lesnar. It's not just because he's the beast; you can't beat him. So you put Goldberg over him, and then you're like, kind of like, oh, this guy that came, like this older guy that they just brought out of nowhere, comes in, beats him, and that's especially if it's clean. Then I'm going to be real mad. If Goldberg goes over clean, <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to be mad. Because then, what's the point of having Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker? And having this whole run as being unbeatable, it kind of puts they all kill the it in one match. I still yeah. think there was a point of having Goldberg or Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker. There's still the rumors that he wasn't I, supposed to be. Yeah, the I, I'm still skeptical about got, it. Undertaker got injured, and so they had to end, end the match. Yeah, but in that case, you Undertaker would have at least had enough to do something. Yeah, even I don't if it know. even if it was like a shoddy roll up ending. Unless Undertaker called it right at, like on the spot, like, it was just like you know what you're going over. Undertaker's wanted this streak to end for years, so well, yeah. I mean, he didn't. He's really like, it's care time you do it, and he I'm just o- didn't kick out. Yeah, I'm okay just with like, it in the long run. At first, I was like, that's the stupidest oh, thing. Oh, when it done. first happened, I've. But now looking at what they've done with it, they've done an okay job. Is, yeah, but don't ruin it with Goldberg. Yeah, please don't ruin it with Goldberg. If you're gonna ruin it, give it to like let someone do it. Who. It It'll be better in the coming. future. Yeah, it's you need like someone that's coming up to do it, to be able to beat him. Like I don't, they don't have anybody Get, like, right now. Samoa Joe, like build him up. Totally this, a good match. They awesome do, but beat. don't let him beat him. I mean, I, I mean, I, I was just using no, Samoa no, Joe as an example. If you're gonna but, do it with someone who's active now, I wouldn't. I would give it to Owens. I was thinking okay him too. It's yeah. gonna be Braun Strowman. That's I'll take that's that too. How, that's also, how they that's how they book matches. That's Braun Strowman will be WWE Universal Champion by the. Mid twenty seventeen. That's my call. I, I can't stand. I, I everything I, everything I, I hear, Vince loves him. Braun Strowman. Oh, that's Vince's guy. That's like his. Uh, he's body. big and has muscles. Yeah. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I, I'm gonna advocate Braun Strowman for a minute. All right, please go right. for a couple. Sell of us, sell us on Braun Strowman. Okay. Me. I'm gonna compare him to other big men. Hard sell. First Let's of go. all, uh, first I'll compare him to the great Khali. The great Kali. Not, you're not uh, helping. Oh, I'm not, not helping. helping. Not helping. <laughs> I'm improving him. Over there. So the great Kali, when the great Kali debuted as the monster heel, he got a lot of hype and he had a lot of heat and he was really, really good as a bad guy heel. It was when they switched him over and everyone realized he couldn't do anything that made him terrible. Um, whereas Strowman can actually move. We saw that this week when he delivered that drop kick. Well, Will didn't. Well. Yeah, people who on, Hulu. on Hulu did see <laughs> people it. People on Hulu did. <laughs> and I, th- I, I think he's, he's not the kind of microphone guy that you know, like uh, CM Punk is or someone like that. Give him a manager. But he does really, really well on the mic for what he is delivering. He does these quick bursts, and he's extremely intense. And when he's in the ring, you're still watching him. And he's. I think his squash matches are so much more entertaining than when Ryback was doing his big squash thing. Um, and then I just read a rumor today that he'll be feuding with Joe, and that'll be Joe's call-up, um, which I would love to see that, mainly because I would love to see Joe try and pick him up. I would love to see Joe on the main roster. I I, I have very uncon- un- unpopular opinion. I don't really like Samoa Joe. Oh, I'm a fan. I can, <laughs> I can understand not liking yeah, I Samoa can, Joe. I, yeah. under- I can totally see it, but... The more I like, because I was kind of indifferent when he originally came in, mm-hmm. and he's he's grown on me. 
he's definitely grown on me, but not in the way that like I don't know. I also I didn't like Sasha when I first started watching her, but mainly that was because I hated her character. Yeah, it was the same way. Her yep. generic. It's actually get. I, it's been really hard for me to like really get into Sasha as much as other people. I'm like into her, but like other people are real into her. Like this guy over here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll watch her wrestle any day. Yeah, but I, I, her character to me. I, I'm glad you brought this up because I've, I feel the same way. I just. Okay, we get it. You're a boss. Mm-hmm. What else? Well, I, I think I don't think she plays the boss gimmick as much. Not as much since since coming to I, the. I think her I think her character's changed a lot since coming to the main roster, and that and I don't think she's a. I think she's a better heel than a face. I do too. I oh think. yeah, she's a definitely. Great heel. And I think the issue with her character right now is she is still the boss, but she's playing herself as as this emotional face. Yeah, but her gimmick is that. She's the boss. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't connect well, and the only thing that's connecting is her wrestling ability, which is fine. No, and her wrestling ability is wonderful. She needs and that's one of my biggest gripes pull, with her. She needs to pull John Cena and do a rebranding without losing the brand, because mm-hmm. John Cena went from a white guy rapper to John Cena, and he he didn't change a whole lot of his main. His main kind of like some of the some of the elements that made him popular in that gimmick he kept and was able to rebrand himself yeah. as a character. I, I think she needs to do that. She needs to rebrand the boss because the boss is everyone's gonna be calling her the boss. She's not gonna lose that branding, but she just needs to change the gimmick up slightly. Yeah, she need it, they, she needs to commit, and that's the, she's and I don't blame her, but I feel like she's getting too much into the emotional thing that we get with Bailey, which is the, you know, I was a five-year-old girl and I love wrestling and I'm a wrestler type thing, which for Bailey is absolutely wonderful. It works. But for Sasha, it doesn't work. Like, we're, we know you did that, but we don't want... To know. That's not why we like you. Mm-hmm. That's why we like Bailey. We like you because you your work style, we like you because... You're like a woman's wrestler. Mm-hmm. And like I mean not to say Bailey isn't a woman's wrestler, no. but I'm and it's general speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think that's why we like Sasha more with that like heel tone. Mm-hmm. Well plus her wrestling style is very intense anyways, because she's got that kind of William Regal thing going on. Yeah. Um which when you have that intensity, it also makes you think more heel. Uh, there's very rarely a convincing, intense face. Well, and, and she, I mean, she's the first to say this. Eddie Guerrero is her, her guy. Mm-hmm. She wrestles like him. He was a fantastic heel. Mm-hmm. Even when he was a face, he was, he was more of a heel. heel. Uh-huh. You know, and that's what they need to do. I think the problem is, is Charlotte can't be a face. They need her to be that heel that she is. Yeah. And that she so, does so well at. And then they, but they, the fans want to see Sasha. So someone has to be face. Sasha's face. <laughs> you know? And, but you just, they need to... I think they need to split those two up. I think they need to send Sasha to SmackDown and have her be a heel on SmackDown. I think the women's division should have been on both shows and not spread out. But I think, I think all of them... Champion. I think all of them uh, should I be on one them. show. Or do it that way, yeah. Yeah, put the cruiserweights like on the, the other cruiser, show. Cruiserweights, yeah. I think, should be on SmackDown because SmackDown has nothing. No, really. SmackDown. Because if you're gonna book a cruiserweight, don't do it on Raw. 
Do it on the wrestling show where there's wrestling. Let Raw be the storytelling show. Let SmackDown be the wrestling show. Give them the cruiserweights. Let them wrestle. That's what the cruiserweights division's for, right? Makes sense, but they just got to fill up three hours. That's all they're trying to do. And what they should have done, They chase the ropes every... Yeah. They should have made made that 9 to 10 o'clock block the cruiserweight hour. Yeah. See, that would be interesting. Because you get that first hour of people who you know are going to watch the whole show. And people Mm -hmm. who are interested in Raw, but they might not watch the whole thing. And they might come back later for the main event if the main event's good. But then if you give them an hour of pure wrestling like the CWC was... Then and, you get those wrestling fans are staying. Yeah, the wrestling fans will stay for the whole show, versus the guys who will you know watch it. Oh, what's on tonight? Oh, okay, yeah, maybe I'll come back and watch. I don't know who's on Raw. Roman. Yeah, Roman. Yeah, Owens. Well, I'll I'll come back and watch Owens do something at the main event. Yeah, it Whereas, makes sense. That makes sense to give them an hour. Let them be able to tell a story instead of because they have. I mean, they just started. They just so well, there's gonna be no just story. There's gonna be no build story. up, which is nice. It is. Any of them can tell a story, whether it's through promo or wrestling. It's they need that time to be able to tell a story through a match. Because on the CWC, they had a half hour for each match, mm-hmm. give or take. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So they were able to draw them in just strictly through wrestling, which they did very well. But they get ten minutes on Raw for a match that's they're not going to be able to. I mean, they're really good at what they do. They can tell some kind of story, but they're not going to be able to put in as much as they would like. Say that's ten minutes with terrible commentary at that. That they don't know any of the moves or anything. <laughs> yeah. They can't. Keep that up. was yeah. the the highlight of the CWC was not just the wrestling; it was the, the wonderful passion. Chemistry. I love Daniel Bryan because he'd get so into it; it'd bring you into it yeah. even more. And, and Morrow should you... just call every match ever for the history of time. I, I don't like Morrow. <laughs> Say his name. I don't. I don't. How do you not like Mauro Ronaldo? I don't know. It's, I, it, it's more theatrical, more like sports based than. Yeah, and I think Michael I don't know. Cole I'm not phoning in. I just I don't know See, if it's just I haven't gotten into him yet or what, but I just I can't get into it. It's a lot different than what they've been sticking to. It for the is past just, like I just for CWC, I'd pay more attention to Daniel Bryan and like Mauro talking, be like, "Shut up!" Mauro's the kind of commentator that I am when I would do wrestling commentary because I, I would name no. move. I don't. I just I love that old Jim Ross style of commentary and who he's he's really not that good at it anymore. Probably because he doesn't do it that much. But when I was younger, I didn't have pay-per-views because my parents wouldn't pay for it because they were like nine thousand dollars <laughs> yeah i know that pain <laughs> and it was before you know, before streaming was a thing and things like that so i would scroll up into the fuzzy channel that it was on and i would just listen so i would just ah, listen sneaky. to jerry lawler and i would listen to jr when they would actually call matches not just scream puppies yeah well jerry was but you know <laughs> but i mean i watched that the i watched the um that Triple H Shawn Michaels unsanctioned street fight match that way, hmm. which is one, one of my favorite matches of all time. And the first time I saw it, I didn't see it; I heard it. That's really interesting. Is that how you would say? I mean, I guess that's not how you really got into wrestling, but like, no, because I would watch because you would be able to watch it on Raw. But that really it gave me a different perspective yeah. than I think a lot of people. And that was like I don't know. I was in like middle school, maybe late elementary school. That I think a lot of perspective that other wrestling fans that age didn't have. It's almost like when you listen to sports on like talk radio, mm-hmm. 
I feel like you have to pay a lot more attention to it, and it's not like a background thing at that point. Mm-hmm. At, at that point, you're physically, you're literally, you're listening to it. So you have to envision it with your mind, and that way I think it it makes you focus a little more. Then, like, you put Raw on, uh, it's on, but you're kind of, like, just doing your own thing while it's on, kind of, like, half listening, half mm-hmm. watching. Half the time we watch Raw, I don't. I'm oh, like yeah, invested no. in it to oh, where no. I'm like, Half the stop time talking, we watch let me watch it's this like, Braun Strowman. Uh, yeah, if match. something interesting I mean, is happening, I'll go, okay, time out. Stop like, watching. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of it is just we put it on. It's mostly Raw's on the, for background. Like, and then you, like, catch something. And, you go, and then you catch okay, something, watch oh, this, and you go back. It, and then and you go, okay, that was cool. Okay, and then you continue on. You fast forward through, like, Al Tortillo or whatever. Yeah, I normally watch Raw on Sundays. Al Torito. And I watch it on Sundays before the show, so it's all fresh in my mind. And it's normally also while I'm cleaning the apartment. But yeah, so I have, I have the TV turned up to like 50, so I can hear it anywhere, yeah. in any room I'm in. And, you're, and, then, and the people who live next to you are like, why? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, you know, New Day comes on, I run in the room. Sasha's on, I run in the room. You know, and then this the the other stuff I don't care about. But it's like, yeah. watch a, don't watch a Raw match. Like, listen to a Raw match and try and picture what's going on in the ring. And you probably won't get it. Go back and watch a CWC match and listen to what's going and you'll on. Be able to, yeah. And you will be able to literally just They'll be able feel to keep like, up with it. Well, yeah. the Jazz be nuts too, though, because they do the three commentary team. And yeah. the play by play guy, especially Morrow, he tends to be focused on the play by play. And then the other two just go out and make wisecracks to each other. Yeah. Oh, At the time, they do nothing to do with the match. Or they're just using stupid, like, pop culture metaphors to describe I what's going on. It makes no sense. Half the time they're I mean, talking about other matches, and yeah. you're like, well, you know there's a match <laughs> yeah. in front of you. Well, and then Raw's even worse because their play-by-play is Corey Graves, who's not bad. I love Corey I Graves. I like Corey Graves on a mic. But Corey Graves when you're stuck next to Michael Cole and Byron yes, Saxton. Yes, that I don't, like, when no he was in NXT, match. <laughs> when he was in NXT, it was great. I love listening to his commentary because he would actually call the match yeah. and, like, progress the story. And you put him with Michael Cole and Saxon, who, like bird, why bird, is Saxon bird, bird. on there? Because they're just like, hey, sh- screw off, Saxon, you're just a loser. <laughs> yeah, like, Saxon's on there for them to make fun of. Yeah. And yeah. so you're diminishing Corey Graves, and it's it's real sad because he's really good on the, I like him on commentary. Yeah. But, but you put him with Michael Cole and everyone yeah. gets bad. I don't, I mean, I don't get why they had to go to that three announced team. It's too much. I mean, the two, like, for the longest time, in most people's mind, the classic announced team is, depending on the age, but it's going to be JR and the King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two people. Or even Michael Cole and Taz were fine together. Yeah. When they were on SmackDown. And the SmackDown team now is just dreadful. Aside from Morrow, because it's Morrow, Bradshaw, and David Otunga. David Otunga doesn't Otunga's speak. Awful. No. He, that pay-per-view, <laughs> he has one word. <laughs> I think Otunga has one line per match. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And... He, and Morrow's great. And I'm over JBL. And I will say whatever I want to about JBL. I don't care if he comes and fights me. Well, JBL has gotten the worst, though. He just is <laughs> like so some of the bad. stuff. I think some of the stuff he says is golden, but it should not be from a commentary. You yeah. know what I mean? He, halftime, it sounds like he's just cutting a promo on the just person. babbling. Or he's making fun of people for no reason. Like, Or he's just like, they for some reason, they need him to be like, Oh, when I wrestled, give the guy credit. Like no one needs that anymore. And that—that that was the point: is that they used to have the, you know, you look at the Jr. Um, Jerry the King commentary table. It was Jr. who never wrestled because he's Jr. And then you have the King who has this, 
who apparently has this wealth of knowledge of what it's like to be in the ring and things like that. And that worked because Jerry would Lawler would he would do his color commentary and talk about puppies and all that garbage. But he would also, you know, JR would go, King, what's it like to be, you know, in a, in a Boston Crab? And King would describe it. Yeah. Bradshaw, if you ask you him what it... feel it. Yeah, and if you... I feel like if, if David Otunga knew how to talk, and he looked at Bradshaw and was like, JBL, what's it, what's it like to, you know, to get hit with a, a powerbomb on the, through a table? Bradshaw would be like, well... You know, when me and Farouk were drinking and yeah, <laughs> he just like, go off onto yeah, a story. You know, think about himself. Like, he's he's like, like, and he I would never let them powerbomb me through a yeah. table, so I don't know how it feels <laughs> yeah. like David well, Otunga. I'm the one who's give the powerbombs, not the yeah. one who's taking what, them. What do you think? People are powerbombing me? No. Screw you, David Otunga. And, David, and then David, he doesn't talk for the night. Yeah. For the worst of Otunga just goes, oh, okay. okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Jay. <laughs> I'm going to go practice law now. <laughs> so, okay, quickly before we uh, start wrapping up here. I want to get back to your, your list. Yeah, but we never got to finish. We're going to get back to the second half of the list. Like, 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 the listeners are listening in suspense at home. I don't want to give you. <laughs> the top five, your, I think. We're yeah, in I the think top five. We yeah. did just Miz was the last Miz, one. Uh, Dan O'Brien at six. Yeah, Dan O'Brien, okay. all right. Um, number five, Triple H. Okay. Um, Easy. Triple H's evolution run was just the best. And as a kid, that was like, oh, what a bad guy. He was so good. He just hated him. Four, Undertaker. It's yeah, that's, most people's he's the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, like, self-explanatory. Um, number three, William Regal. Good choice. Um, William Regal is another one of those guys. Like, I feel like I could just hang out with and find something to talk about. Reptiles. Like, what? He's huge into reptiles. Well, yeah. and, and, and you at the right age too. That Regal was at the height of his mm-hmm. just being the classic yeah. go-to oh, yeah. heel. Like. They needed they needed someone to face someone. Regal was their man. Well, if if you watch the table for three, I will plug table for three forever. <laughs> table for three is they have it's the it's the King's Court episode and it's Regal, Sheamus, and Barrett, who I miss Barrett, but I always like Barrett. Yeah. It's just unfortunate what happened to him. Yeah, he's got he had way too many injuries at bad times, and it's just the thing. But William Regal in that says one of I think the greatest things, especially if you're looking to be a wrestler. And it's that um, for every John Cena and for every Hulk Hogan and for every face, you need a bad guy. And you may not be, like, the best-looking wrestler or anything like that, but you need to be that wrestler that when mom goes out and buys toys, she's going to buy John Cena, and she's going to buy someone for John Cena to beat up. And if you can be that bad guy, then you're set. And that's William Regal. William Regal is that bad guy. Can we we talk about wrestling toys for a quick second? Yeah. All right. I mean, so I'm, I don't know how old you are, Jordan, but I'm, I'm 30. So and, you're a little bit older than me. And so, but like, there was a good time during the Attitude Era. If you were, you know, Triple H, if you were the top guys, your toys were impossible to find. Oh, yeah. It was all just the mid-card guys. Mm-hmm. It was all just the jobbers. Now you go to the store and it's all John Cena. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was robbed of my childhood. <laughs> I, I have a picture, and I'll try and find it. It's somewhere in the bowels of my Facebook. I went to a Toys R Us, and uh, every toy was was John Cena. So you walk down the, the aisle, and there was other figures behind him, so I don't know if someone did it on purpose or what. I hope. But it was I just so. the front of every action figure row was John Cena. And it was, it was too ridiculous. Much, too much John Cena. It's either too John much. Cena or The Rock, baby. It was the Cena. There's a lot of rocks out there. Uh, if I ever come back, I'll bring – I got the old school Titan rubber figures. Yeah, I like this. Nice. Yeah, I got a bunch of those. Uh, okay, number two, Jericho. 
Yeah. Um, Jericho, he's just always just so entertaining. I think he creeps up my list like more and more yeah. all the time. Yeah, he he's Jericho's always on my list. Yeah, and he's but, always like, on there somewhere. But he'll you know he'll shrink down. Or yeah. And right now his thing he's doing with Kevin Owens is the best. Well, Jericho is great because every time he comes back, he's different, but he's the same. Yeah. He, I mean, he's he he'll you know dress different. He'll come up with new catchphrases, mm-hmm. but it's still the same Jericho from who debuted against The Rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but he's, still he's, like, oh, he's, he's always good. Yeah. He he could wrestle a. Paper bag, and he would put in a better match than half the people. And he would let the paper bag go over, too. Yeah, he would let the paper bag go over, <laughs> just like Fandango. And high hopes for Fandango. So, I did so too. Jericho. Oh, so much. And I love Tyler Breeze while we're talking about Fandango. Yeah. I think Tyler Breeze actually stole my gimmick. <laughs> my original, when I back in the day when I was like, I could be a wrestler, and then I remembered I've had six concussions. Uh, so <laughs> like, no, I'm already no, no, on par with Mick Foley. Um, it was uh, my gimmick was male model. That was what I wanted to do. And nice, yeah, yeah, because I'm so beautiful. Yeah, you have to look for it <laughs> right? for sure. Um, and then my number one wrestler of all time is Kane. He's one of my favorites. I, I love Kane. I loved Kane, and then as soon as he lost the mask, I yeah, that oh, kind of ruined as, it. I like the mystery. As, as the age I was, what was that? Oh four. Oh four. It was like oh three. Yeah, so I was I was just a teenager, mm-hmm. so I still had that kid mentality of the you know the bigger they are, the more entertaining yeah. they can be type thing. Um, aside from you know your Jerichos and things like that, but to me at that point, Kane just got even more cool because I could see him, and then he was setting people on fire. He was throwing Shane McMahon into a flaming dumpster. I, 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 I think I think for me was I love Kane. Because I bought into the original gimmick of him. Well, I bought into the he's the brother of, of the Undertaker. He get burnt in the house. He's covered in scars. He can't talk. Like the height of my Kane love was when he was tagging with X Pac. Like I thought, like I loved that tag team. It was short lived, but I thought yeah. that was the greatest tag team ever. But then Kane comes back and he wins the Money in the Bank and he cashes in Night of on Rey Mysterio and he has easily one of the best World Heavyweight Title runs in the World Heavyweight Title Run WWE era. And he's talking great, and he's got the mood lighting and everything, and it really, they really went 100% in on Kane in that run, and I thought it was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, for sure. Plus, he's like the smartest guy in WWE history. So, I think that's a good spot to end the show, man. <laughs> we, we now know who's top 10. We'll have to have you back on again sometime so you can hear our, our top 10s, and we can then go into other random topics <laughs> throughout right. the whole list. But real quick. Any plugs before we? Like, yeah, where people? Up. Where can we find you next for your book? Where can people can buy the book at? Um, in December, I have a signing in Brighton at their Barnes and Noble. I think it's the sixth or the eighth. I think it's the first weekend of December. Um, you can find my book on Amazon if you just search for the title. Search for me. Um, it has its own Facebook page, and um, yeah, so uh, you facebook.com backslash might ebook and it's m i g h t e. Um, and you can use my hashtag, which is Be Mighty. And yeah. We will post some links on our yeah. Facebook page. Cool. Hopefully, you'll be back on uh, again soon. Um, sure. It was great having you. Thanks for being on. Thanks, you guys, for listening to Top Rope Review. Make sure you tune in next week, same time, same place. And check out Scarlet and Graves. Use the promo code Top Rope 10, get 10% off. I would suggest getting one of those awesome new beanies they got. Boom. And following down beer company. And that's it. See you guys next week. This is a previously recorded episode.